You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 13th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. We're about to be joined by Corey Smith, who covers NC State for Pack Pride at 24-7 Sports' North Carolina State website. But we're not just talking NC State Wolfpack today. We're doing one of our conference breakdowns, one of our zany conference breakdowns, as we're doing all week long here on the College Football Daily. It's time to dissect the ACC. I have no idea what's happening in this conference. Seven teams, seven, have played two or fewer conference games so far. Meanwhile, Wake Forest has already played four, and Wake Forest will play nine ACC opponents this year, but only eight will count as conference games because it's going to play North Carolina later in the season for its big four. The North Carolina teams all do a, they play each other. So that's confusing. We've got Wake Forest leads the Atlantic. We've got Pitt and Virginia Tech are tied for the coastal lead, and they're both 1-0 in the ACC. But again, Wake Forest, who leads the other division, is 4-0 in the ACC. The last non-Clemson ACC champ was Florida State in 2014. Uh, the Atlantic division has won every title in the ACC since 2011, and the last non-Atlantic division team to win uh, was Virginia Tech in 2010. Meanwhile, you still have Clemson, who has had a bad season, going to the Carrier Dome on Friday night, two-touchdown favorite. Clemson's 2-1 and one in the ACC and is the Vegas favorite to win the conference. It's just that we have a lot to sort through. It's not as good of football as the Big Ten is, as we discussed yesterday with Steve Lorenz, but it, it makes the least amount of sense. So I learned a lot from, from talking to Corey. I think you will too. Before I get to that, though, I want to give a shout out to the OU Daily, big student newspaper guy. So the Oklahoma Daily, the OU, it's OU student, student uh, newspaper. Get this. So on, on Monday, there were rumors that Spencer Rattler missed the Oklahoma practice, and those were confirmed by the OU Daily, who talked to Spencer Rattler's dad and, and said Rattler, the, the quarterback who was benched Saturday in the OU win over Texas, uh, Rattler was feeling ill on Monday, and he cleared the absence with Lincoln Riley. So then the OU Daily on Tuesday afternoon, or, or Tuesday during the day at least, I'm not sure what time the practice was, the OU Daily, the OU student news, the student journalist, they went to a public building near the OU practice football, uh, near the OU practice field, and they watched... They observed practice. They said in their story that no athletics employees discouraged it. People were aware of what they were doing. So they watched practice to see Spencer Rattler return to the Oklahoma practice. They recorded the snap counts of the two quarterbacks, Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler, and say Williams outsnapped Rattler 15-7 to in the pre-stretching portion of practice and included who Rattler was throwing to. And then they talked to Spencer Rattler's dad, Mike Rattler, for a great quote on the record about what Spencer plans on doing. Will he stay with the team? You know, uh, Lincoln Riley still hasn't confirmed that Caleb Williams will start Saturday against TCU. It feels obvious that he will. Mike Rattler said, for right now, Spencer's focused on working for this team, and we'll see what happens after January 10th. Hopefully, he'll be playing in the national championship on January 10th, and then after that, we'll evaluate where he is as far as if any teams are interested in him in the NFL. We'll consider that. If we think, hey, you know what? We may ought to do another year or something at Oklahoma or wherever. 
uh, quote, dot, 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 we're leaving our options open, whereas that is concerned. But for the most part, right now, we don't even talk about it because he's got a task at hand to deal with. So that's just fantastic journalism to, to get the father of the beleaguered quarterback on record during such a sensitive time. I think it's a good quote, too. Um, I think a lot of people have been on Transfer Portal Watch for Spencer Rattler this week, but you've already got questions about his, his uh, I don't want to say character, so you've already got questions about his makeup, the last thing you want to do if you're Spencer Rattler is be seen as a quitter. So stay with the team and then make your decision, as your father has said, once the season is over. All right, that's that's enough about Oklahoma. Uh, let's let's talk a little ACC. All right, Corey Smith joining us live from, I thought this was ironic, Corey, a- ACC Media Days. Everyone likes to say it's a, uh, it's a basketball conference, and in some ways it is, but right now the ACC is captivating our attention in football because it just doesn't make any sense. The facts, the stats, when I look at the standings, I don't understand any of it. Wake Forest has already played four conference games. NC State has played one, uh, had a bye this past week, has a big game this upcoming weekend. That's the team you cover in NC State. Give me your take right now on on the current state of the conference. I would imagine that the team you cover and the other fan bases you interact with feel rather energized. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously, you know, for years it's been Clemson and then everybody else. And at this point, you see Clemson slightly down. You know, they're one and one in conference play so far. That's been a long time since they've been there. You know, have two losses already before you even got to October. So, you know, I think a lot of people expect them to turn things around. So there's still a lot of pressure on, especially anybody in the Atlantic division. But, you know, I mean, right now the coastal is wide open. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people expected for either Miami or UNC to be, you know, the, the t- you know, the cream of the crop in that, that division. But, you know, Pitt has looked much better than people expected. Uh, and I still think Virginia Tech has a chance to, you know, to pull some things and, and get back on track. But, you know, the Atlantic is still, you know, I think there's still some kind of tense feelings of like, you know, hey, it's all right there for us. But, you know, if we lose a game, Clemson figures things out, then, you know, they're right back in it, too. So uh, there's, you know, there's, there's still a lot up in the air and a lot of, of unknowns at this point. Uh, on both sides. Well, Clemson's still the betting favorite to win the ACC, which surprises me, having watched a lot of them this season. You watched them, I'm assuming up close and personal, a few weeks ago when NC State won. Would you handicap Clemson right now as the best team in the ACC? Hmm. Again, that's a really tough I'm not. Really- I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't either. Um, not the ACC as a whole, because I, I mean, genuinely, I think that's between you know, based on what we've seen so far, maybe Pitt or Wake, like, which sounds wild, uh, given what we thought before the season started. But, uh, you know, and I think NC State's right in that mix, too, as well as, you know, some some other teams that have a shot to, you know, if BC can figure out what's going on with the, you know, the quarterback position, I think they're still a very good team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think some of that is just still the unknowns of, you know, Clemson, once they figure things out, like, you know what they've got, you know, all the pieces they've got, obviously they've lost some pretty big pieces, Tyler Davis and um, Brian Brzee, you know, come to mind. But when I look at, when I look at that team, I don't see the the typical Clemson 
uh, that we've seen over the years. And, and, you know, I think, I mean, just from watching uh, Wake Forest, like I still don't know a whole lot about Wake Forest either. You know, they've, they haven't really played great competition up to this point. The only team that I would put, you know, really in that mix of, of good competition was UVA and, and they haven't, they've been up and down all season long too. So, you know, you, you still don't know a whole lot about Wake Forest and their schedule is really backloaded with four difficult games down the stretch. You know, UNC is technically an out-of-conference game, and then they have NC State, uh, and then they have, I believe, Clemson and then Boston College to finish the season out. So we still don't know a whole lot about that Wake Forest team. They could they could be 8-0 and be ranked in the top 10 and then go 1-3 and in the last four games of the season. We just we don't know at this point. So to go back to your question, no, I don't believe Clemson is the best team in the ACC. Could they still win the Atlantic? Yeah, because there's still a lot of of tense feelings for everybody in the Atlantic. Of hey, we've got to keep we've got to keep on track, or else once Clemson figures things out to this bye, uh, they could come hunt us down again. Yeah, the Wake at Clemson on November 20th and, and NC State at Wake on a November 13th will be big. I had Dave Clawson yeah. on the podcast a few months ago, and he said the super senior rule is going to help them a lot this year because. They have more frontline talent usually than people give them credit for. But when they get to November, once they start to suffer injuries, their depth falls off. So he was really excited about all the talent they returned. Give me, give me your thoughts on NC State, the team you cover. Uh, just had a, um, you know, had the big win over Clemson. Tough, tough, close one over Louisiana Tech. Coming off the bye week, going to Boston College now. First of two straight road trips, Boston College, and then at a really Miami team. Does does this feel like a a team that you think can go all the way here, or are you seeing some some potential to run out of gas? Yeah, I mean, can they? Oh, 100%. I mean, they have all the pieces to do it. Uh, they have a really, really good defense, one of the best defenses in the ACC. Uh, they've also, I mean, they just came off of the toughest contest that they had in terms of ACC play this past weekend. Uh, so the look at this point is for, for NC State, you know, they just have to close out strong just the same way that they uh, have started the season now at this point. They can't have those those, you know, mess ups like they did against Mississippi State, which, you know, could end up being a very good team, but that's definitely not a game they should have had. Going into Boston College this weekend, it's a very important game simply because of the fact that they didn't prove they could play well on the road. Four of their next five games are on the road, and uh, already two of them are primetime matchups that they're going to have to, you know, get back on the bus, get back on the plane, get back home uh, pretty quickly the next morning. So I think these next four to five weeks are really going to decide uh, what NC State is capable of doing. And then, again, like we've said, they close out with Wake Forest. They close out the entire season with UNC. Uh, so if they're if they're not able to kind of figure things out over these next few weeks and and really get you know the offense humming the way that they expect it to, uh, then it's it's going to be you know tough sledding at the end of the season. Have you watched much of Pitt this year? Because I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't watched too much. I watched um, the Panthers against <laughs> Tennessee, but this is they, they're playing Virginia Tech this week. And Pitt right now is the second best odds to win the ACC, and then it's Virginia Tech. So I I don't think anyone would say Virginia Tech's like the third best team in the ACC, but it's just you come out of the coastal and you have a shot. I'm trusting Pitt a little bit more than I would trust Virginia Tech, but I. Can't I, this is, I think it just, it kind of sounds like the way we talk about NC State and Wake Forest and Clemson even. We just like, we still really don't know that much about any of these teams. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because you said, you said, you know, Dave Clawson was talking about the super senior role and how it was really going to help them this season. I don't remember the exact number on Pitt, but I 
think they had like in the teens in terms of super seniors coming back. Uh, they had that many guys, and, and one of them happened to be Kenny Pickett, who has has looked like you know the best quarterback in the ACC this year. That you know nobody really expected. He's already thrown for 19 touchdowns over the first few games, and uh, he's looked like you know probably one of the better players in the ACC. I mean potential for ACC player of the year kind of candidacy there now at this point. Uh, and that's, that's been what's really helped this team in a big way. The defense has played well. They lost a lot of defensive players from, from last year. Uh, that went to the NFL, but uh, they've still held strong so far. I'll be interested to see what they do against some some better offenses uh, once they get into the back half of the schedule. But they're a very good team. Again, just you know, so many unknowns because we don't we haven't seen them against a lot of ACC competition. We've seen Wake Forest against some ACC competition, but not the you know the not the top tier that that you're expecting. So there's a lot of a lot of things a lot of uh, questions that those teams need to answer in the second half of the schedule. And and I would put NC State right there in, in that mix, too, because as you've said, they've only played one ACC game, so they had to prove themselves in the ACC, too. I'm going to bother you for a little bit more about your your big four brethren. UNC, three and three. Maybe you've run into Ross Martin <laughs> or someone at, uh, from inside Carolina over there at ACC Basketball Media Days. They're probably already paying attention now to what Hubert Davis is going to do uh, on the hardwood. Do you buy the, the Mac Brown critical of the media for the top 10 ranking or is that just is that just uh, a load of something else I mean I think at this point you're grasping at straws because you don't want I mean you know and look the question was you feel like you've met expectations thus far this season and he said beforehand you know his expectation every single week is just to you know win a game they've done that three times and they've not done that three times so he doesn't feel like they've met their expectations personally and then and then lashed out at the media uh, you know I think doing that in week one which he essentially did after the Virginia Tech loss and said hey you know we don't feel like we were you know maybe we weren't that that high up there you can't do it after week six like we're we're you know we're six weeks into the schedule now we've seen your team you know you've lost three games and three games in acc play too which is just really really tough hold to dig like you lose three out of conference games maybe the notre dame game early in the season or maybe you know uh, an sec matchup that you had early in the season but they've lost three conference games already at this point and it's it's a really really tough uh hole to dig out of being two and three in acc play so i think at a certain point you got to like I said, you got to grasp at straws. You got to figure something out to, you know, <laughs> to not put the blame on you or your players. But that was just a really tough look and a really tough way to do it. Do you pay any attention to Duke football? Because I was super hard on Cutcliffe ahead of the season. I thought they were going to like be two and 10. I had Adam Rowe on the podcast and he was like, look, there's really no bright spot here, but they're three and three. They lost a heartbreaker to Georgia tech. I still feel like it might be cut clips last season and it doesn't look like they're, they're playing NC state this year, but I, I would say they're a moderately pleasant surprise. Do you, do you know any Duke football fans? <laughs> I know they exist. Um, I don't know many of them, but I will say this. I mean, one of the big reasons for them, you know, having the start that they've had and, and getting out, some of it is some of it is playing the non-conference opponents they played too. I mean, you know, they beat Northwestern, which I think was a little bit of a surprise, but it doesn't look like Northwestern is that great of a team this year. Uh, they also beat, uh, you know, NCANT, which was a tight game. They lost to Charlotte at the beginning of the season. Uh, but, you know, one of the reasons why they're going to compete in the ACC is because of Mateo Durant. I mean, he's he's just been otherworldly good so far this season. And, you know, he, he hasn't had a ton of yards, but he's had a ton of production. Uh, you know, he's kind of gone in and out. Like, he either has, like, a ton of yards and just a touchdown or two, and then some games he'll have, like, three touchdowns. You know, and their defense has been good, but uh, Mateo Durant and Gunnar Holmberg has actually looked pretty good for them, too, so far uh, at quarterback. So, you know, I think, I think if they can find a way to get 
those two, you know, producing game in, game out, it's going to help them in a big way. And they face uh, they face UVA this coming up weekend, and UVA has the worst rush defense in the entire ACC. So there's a chance for them to win that game if they can keep, you know, if they can keep up with them and keep that offense off the field for UVA. Uh, if they're able to do that with Mateo Durant, run the ball on a consistent basis, they've got a shot at winning another ACC game. All right, Corey, last question for you. Going to put you on the spot here. Uh, and uh, we kind of talked about this at the very beginning of our conversation, but I'm putting you on the spot. Give me your prediction. Who wins the Atlantic and who wins the Coastal? And, and so essentially, who's playing in Charlotte the first weekend uh, in December with a, a spot, a New Year's Six Bowl, and maybe a playoff on the line? I know people are going to call me a homer here, but I'm really I'm going to go with NC State making it. I just looking at their schedule the rest of the way, you know, it really, really helps that they start an ACC play. And obviously it's going to be critical to win this upcoming week. And it's, you're going to have to win essentially every game with the exception of maybe one. If you, you can have one slip up as long as everybody else loses one. But when I look at the Atlantic, you know, they have a shot to win against, uh, win against BC this upcoming weekend. BC is without uh, Phil Jerkovich. Uh, the next weekend they play against Miami, who will be in their third game without... Derek King with Tyler Van Dyke uh, starting for them. And, and then the rest of the way, you know, they got Louisville that's looks good, but they can't find ways to win games. And then they've got FSU that obviously can't get out of their own way, except for when they play Syracuse and apparently UNC, I, I guess, Lord, I don't know what kind of hex they have over uh, they have over Mac Brown, but uh, they found ways to beat him every single time they played him. You know, if you, if you can find ways to win those games, and then you get into that last half of your schedule with Wake Forest, uh, Syracuse, and UNC. I mean, look, this team can afford one slip-up. I don't think they can afford two because I do think Clemson's going to find ways to win a lot of these games down the stretch, and that's going to help NC State. They've cleared a path for themselves by beating Clemson. Now they just have to handle business down the stretch with winning you know, six out of these last seven games, and I think it's really, really set up nicely for them to do that. I think Wake Forest is going to slip up one, maybe two times. Uh, and if NC State's able to either win that game or just continue to win and get, you know, that that helps them get to the ACC championship game. Now on the Coastal side, I'm going to keep going back to that well. I think Pitt is the best team in the Coastal. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech has a chance to be a better team than what they've showed uh, at times. We saw that against, you know, we saw that in particular at home against UNC earlier in the season. But I just don't see them being able to string together enough wins to get to the Coastal Championship. And I, I just I see Pitt with so much experience, so many good offensive playmakers uh, around Kenny Pickett and a good defense. I just feel like that team is, is going to be good enough to get to uh, the ACC Championship. So if I'm going with it right now, I'm going NC State and Pitt in the ACC Championship game. NC State and Pitt. I love it. It's it's new and it's different and it's a lot of fun, Corey. We appreciate it. Just like some basketball players, all right? <laughs> yeah, just like we all thought before the season, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks so much. Good stuff from Corey. Appreciate him joining us. Go check out his work over at Pack Pride. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Thank you, Lance, for all the great ACC notes. My name is Trey Scott. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about the Pac-12. Catch us later on the College Football Daily. to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? 
You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd. Exclusively on Paramount+.